Thank you for that. I would in, I'd invite you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Philemon. That's the short book in the New Testament right before Hebrews. Turn to Philemon. Any time that I will be in the sanctuary on Wednesday nights uh, to help out with Pastor Stone, I would like to speak from this book on about three or four or even five messages, possibly. I appreciate Brother Rick and being in here on Wednesday nights and teaching the way he does. He he was my Sunday school teacher when I came to the church and uh, appreciate you and teaching as you do. Pray for Pastor Stone and his health. But as we as we look into Philemon, I, I honestly haven't decided whether we're just going to have the introductory or if we're going to go into the second message too tonight. We will see how things go. Um, the Apostle Paul is the author of the book of Philemon. Uh, Paul wrote to many churches. Paul wrote to Timothy. That's how we have First Timothy and Second Timothy. Paul also wrote to Philemon. Philemon is not a church, but a person. He's a member of the church at Colossae. He uh, holds the services for the church in his home. And, and Paul and Philemon were, are very good friends. They're very close in the Lord. Paul led Philemon to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ that he might be saved. They are very close brothers in Christ. And Paul is writing to him. Philemon has gone through a major struggle. Philemon had a keeper of his estate. He, he had a servant and he was the master. His servant's name was Onesimus. Everybody say Onesimus with me. Okay, that helps me to get that name out good. Onesimus. That, that was Paul. That was uh, Philemon's servant. And and Onesimus was his servant bound by law. It was under law. He was there as his servant. He abandoned Philemon. He abandoned his estate. He was he was Philemon's right hand man. He took care of everything for him, whether it be his finances or his farming, even things with the children, everything to do with the estate. There was a big load on Philemon. He did a whole there was a big load on Onesimus. He did a whole lot for Philemon. And then Philemon, then Onesimus abandoned him. He abandoned his estate. He abandoned his duties and his responsibilities for Philemon. And that was, he was bound by law to him. This was against the law. He just, he just fled from him and left everything. Can you imagine the condition that Philemon might have been in with having so much responsibility laid on someone and he has deserted his master. It no doubt caused some problems concerning the church because the church held services, uh, the church at Colossae did, at Philemon's house. So there were a lot of issues that took place by Onesimus fleeing as he did. He fled from Philemon, but... He ran across the Apostle Paul. Somehow they crossed paths. 
And you might know what came up pretty quick in conversation with the Apostle Paul running across someone. And that was the gospel of Jesus Christ. He shared Jesus with Onesimus and Onesimus was saved. He probably attended church there when he was when he was servant to Philemon, but he was truly saved whenever he met with the Apostle Paul. Here you have a fugitive that was on the run that left his left his responsibilities, has broken the law and he comes across an apostle and he's saved and all of a sudden they are really close brothers in Christ. They have a very common bond in the Lord Jesus Christ as fellow Christians. Onesimus's life was radically changed. There's a change that comes in being saved by the Lord. And and so what he was is he's no longer that anymore. He's very close with the Apostle Paul. He was actually immediately an encourager of Paul. Paul liked having Onesimus close by. They were brothers in Christ and they were close and Paul depended on him and Paul was encouraged by him. It's always encouraging to see the Lord change someone's life. There's a lot of people that make a profession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and you, you trust that the Lord has saved them and has dealt with them and, and that's their profession. But when you see that change in someone's life, it is such a, it is such a, such an encouragement to the child of God. And that's what it was to the Apostle Paul. So they were very close. And Onesimus obviously shared his story, shared that he had come from Philemon and he left and he left in the wrong way and he has done wrong. Paul really wanted to keep him with him. He really wanted to keep him close by. He enjoyed the fellowship. He was spiritually profitable to Paul. But Paul did the right thing and he sent Onesimus back to Philemon, but he also sent this letter with him. Can you imagine? Can you imagine Philemon? Can you imagine the anger that he has experienced? What he has gone through by being done so wrong by his servant? What this book is about, this short one chapter book, it's about forgiveness. And we all need to forgive. We all want to forgive as a child of God. And, the, and everything that we're going to find throughout this letter is going to be the Holy Spirit writing through Paul in every way, every word we touch is going to have to do with, with God working upon Philemon's heart that he would cancel the debt that was owed against him by Onesimus that he would receive him as someone new. We're going to find in this letter that Paul talks to him about how 
He was this kind of man. He was a lost man. Now he's a new creature in Christ. He was your servant. Now he's your fellow brother in Christ now. He is different. He will come back in a different situation, a different person. And so that God is moving upon Paul to write to to Philemon that he would forgive his servant. And we see several details, even in the opening salutations. And we'll go ahead and get started in verse 1 as we look at the trace of forgiveness and everything that is written. Verse 1 says, Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ, and Timothy, our brother, unto Philemon, our dearly beloved and fellow laborer. You know, when people teach books of the Bible, sometimes they skip the opening salutation. Sometimes they go right into verse 4 or 5. I find so many interesting things just in the opening greetings that God is inspiring. The, the opening salutations, that's the Word of God as well. And, and Paul has a different title according to the different churches or people that he's writing. If you consider the church at Philippi, the book of Philippians, Paul titles himself as a servant. And there's significance and there's reason for that. Because you had the church at Philippi where everyone was trying to put their opinions and their preferences over on everybody else. They wanted to be served. They did not want to serve. And that's why the book says everyone seeks their own, not the things which are Christ's. So they had a problem with that. So Paul addresses himself as a servant to Philippi. And then you take the letter to the churches of Galatia. And they have been told, they have been lied to by some outsiders that have come into the church and said he's an apostle of man. He's not an apostle of God. So Paul titles himself an apostle to that church. And now here in this letter, he titles himself a prisoner of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is not something negative here. Paul was thrown in prison by the Roman soldiers. It was for preaching the gospel. Now we have Paul who has gone to prison. Paul wrote the prison epistles. That means that he was in prison when he wrote some of the letters that, that God had him to write for his holy word. Paul witnessed to people he may have never witnessed Jesus Christ to while he was in prison. So you take something that someone would call bad and good came out of it. So, so there's a thought that Philemon can have at when he gets this letter that concerning uh, Onesimus, his servant, that something good can come out of something bad. It was really bad in his eyes. He was really angered with a temper over what had happened to him concerning his servant. But God always has something good that will come out of something bad. And, and then he calls young Timothy here, our brother. Paul is linking himself and Timothy and Philemon all together in equality. Now, Paul is an apostle. Uh, Philemon is a Christian in the church at Colossae. Onesimus was his servant, 
But now he's been born again. He's been saved. All of his sins are forgiven and they are on equal ground now. They are in equality as brothers in Christ. There are no big eyes and little U's in Christianity. So there is an equality for that Paul is getting across with Timothy and himself and Philemon all together as brothers in Christ. And then and then he calls him our dearly beloved. That word in verse one that says beloved, that is speaking of the self-sacrificial love of God, the love that shed abroad in our hearts, Romans chapter five says, and and Philemon has been known for this love. He has been known to love children of God with the sacrificial love of God from his life. He has a reputation for it. And Paul starts out writing this to him. And remember what we're getting to. Sooner or later, he's going to get to addressing the situation of Onesimus. Philemon doesn't know anything about it. But notice these things that he writes when he calls him dearly beloved. The love of God that's motivated by divine principle, not by feelings. And then he speaks and then he speaks of being a fellow laborer. He's not just our dearly beloved, but a fellow laborer. The forgiveness that Paul is going to request of him is going to be uh from the mutual forgiveness that they have all received from Jesus Christ. Uh, they, they have mutually worked together. They have the, the same faith. They have the same forgiveness from God. They have that bond one to another. But as we go ahead and step into uh, verse 2, and we'll see how many verses we can get through. But he goes on to write in the opening salutations, and to our beloved Aphia and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church in thy house. So Paul not only uses this introduction so far to, to show Philemon and to shape his heart into a forgiving spirit of his servant, he not only uses himself and Timothy to promote the forgiveness that's going to be needed, but those that he is in close fellowship with in the church at Colossae, his close brothers and sisters in Christ. He mentions Aphia and Archippus. Now, Onesimus' sin had definitely caused aggravation with Philemon. But not only Philemon, it has affected everyone in the church. The church meets there. They all knew who he was. It has affected everyone's lives. You know, whatever affects our brothers and sisters in Christ that we worship with, that we're close with, it really does affect us too. That's how we become as children of God. We really get close to one another. And what hurts you hurts me. And what might hurt me might hurt you. And that's a closeness and an effect that happens. So Paul addresses Aphia as beloved as well, acknowledging that she has a reputation for the self-sacrificial love of God as well as him. It is something that the church is known for. It is something that they are known for together. She is 
also loved by others in the same way because of her commitment to the Lord. You know, it's hard not to love our fellow Christians. And it's wonderful to see those that really walk in the self-sacrificial love of God. You understand there's some, uh, we're building up and later on we're going to talk about some forgiveness that is to be. And he's talking about the condition of them and the reputation in their Christian life. That they love, that they love others not based on them loving them, but they love others based on God's love for us. That we can love the unloved. We can love those who do the unlovable at times. So he's mentioning the close brothers and sisters in Christ and their attributes. Paul will make known that Onesimus himself has immediately committed himself to the Lord. And he has immediately shown that love out of his life as well. And then you have Archippus here. Archippus, you see, it is said of him that he is a fellow soldier. This would indicate to us that he is the pastor of the church. And there's no doubt that Philemon has already counseled probably with the pastor of the church over what has happened to him with the abandonment from his servant. He will counsel with the disturbing issue concerning him. And it says there, if you notice, continuing in verse two, at the end of verse two, and to the church that is in thy house. There we see that Philemon had the church meeting in in his house as a member of the church, and it brought troubled waters upon the whole church, but but they're still continuing. You know, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of people that quit, and there's a lot of churches that will even fold because of problems they experience. We can't ima- we really can't imagine the depth or how this problem spread out and everything it affected, but they're still continuing to meet. They're still faithfully continuing on as children of God, meeting together, having fellowship. You know, problems can actually grow a a church closer together. It really can make the children of God just have a sweeter spirit one with another. They all have in common the same bond of the same problem going on, and it really can grow us closer together. Some people use it to divide one another, but it can really bring harmony. And and there's been an evil act by someone that everyone knew there, uh, but it po- but it obviously didn't separate the church. Now, as Paul's writing to Philemon, you see in verse three, as you'll see in many letters, he writes, he says, "Grace to you." And peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, grace in his life and peace in his life is wished from Paul upon him. And that's exactly some things that are going to be needed in his life in order for him to extend forgiveness to Onesimus. You know, it's hard to experience peace when you're when you stay angered over something, when you stay bitter over something, when you hold a grudge, it really robs you and I of the peace of God that passeth all understanding. Nothing happens to our peace with God once we trust in Jesus Christ as Savior, but the experiential peace of God daily in our lives whenever we are 
hindered and holding back forgiveness, it is robbing you and I of what we can experience in our lives from God. So no doubt these are things that are going to be coming to Philemon's mind as he when he gets this letter and as he reads it. It's hard to have a peace when we're holding on to the damage done. When a debt, when we feel like a debt is owed to us, it is hard to hold on to peace and really have that experience in our lives. I just recently, I didn't turn it on there, but the TV was on a special about Tanya Harding. Does anyone remember her, the 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 skater then and all the fiasco that went down with with hurting the other one and and she says to this day that it was it was a current interview i guess and it's been a long time but she still has no relationship with her own mother she refuses to she refuses to forgive her and then in the very next statement she said i am blessed I would beg to differ if we're holding back forgiveness from someone that we are truly blessed. And and this is a condition that Paul does not want his good friend Philemon in. Philemon is going to have a choice by the end of this letter, letter, and that is to focus on Onesimus' sin against him and demand justice or focus on his salvation and extend forgiveness to him and and let the grace of God flow through him and peace into his life. So many things are suffering in Philemon's life over this sinful act brought about by someone else, by him, by upon from his servant, but it's not going to help him to remain being angry or holding a grudge. And he needs a lot of help through it. God knows that. God knows exactly what we are. God knows how we naturally think. God knows how we want to act upon our feelings. And God is giving Philemon a whole lot of help here in order to be able to forgive. And he gives you and I a whole lot of help to do that too. If we will submit to him, if we will listen to him, he will, he will bring a humility before us that we would look to him as our father and we would be able to do what we would do with grace and peace flowing through our lives. And that is to cancel the debt that is held against us. And then in verse 4, it said, Paul says to him, I thank my God, making mention of thee always in my prayers. One preacher said about the greatest compliment or, or just the most encouraging thing he ever heard was someone that told him, I thank God for you. You know, it's one thing to tell someone, thank you. It's another thing to tell someone, I thank God for you. And that's what, that's what Paul is telling Philemon here. 
in the relationship that they've had with as brothers in Christ. Paul led Philemon to Christ. They share something very special together. He has heard about Philemon's sacrificial love that he has for the people. And he's thanking God for them. He has been blessed. And he expresses that he has been blessed by Philemon's Christian character. And he gives praise and prayer to God with affection for Philemon. You know, and the decision that Philemon makes... It's going to affect Paul too. As brothers and sisters in Christ, we see one another and we look up to one another. We all have different gifts. We all have these these powerful attributes. And some of them are different as children of God, one to another. And we're really encouraged. Maybe we don't say things to one another. I can I can look at you all right now and I can honestly Talk about things that encourage me about you and I and I see your gifts and I see what you've been blessed with and what you do for the Lord. And it's so uplifting to me and I love it. And and you can do the same with one another. Philemon is known for his self-sacrificial love. Paul is blessed by that. Paul mentions that. What? What's he what is he going to do? Whatever he does is going to affect Paul. It's going to affect the others in the church there. It's going to affect everyone around him. Proverbs says, iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friends. Paul's Christian life is sharpened by Philemon's Christian life. He has a great reputation for his wonderful Christian character. He's depending on his spiritual decision here to forgive. And that's going to uplift him. That's going to bring about a great spiritual health in the church. The church could go one way or the other depending on what Philemon does about his servant who has gone off and caused him great problems. It's it's so affecting upon others. Look in verse 5. And here's his character and reputation. Hearing of thy love and faith, which thou hast toward the Lord Jesus and toward all saints. Guess who's a saint now? Onesimus is. He's saved. He's changed and what he has to to praise and to pray about from his life concerning that love that he has. He hopes that he sees it. He hopes that he hears of it in the situation when he meets Onesimus and he gets back love and faith toward Jesus and every single Christian. Man, that Philemon. I tell you, let me tell you about my brother in Christ, Paul's Paul's saying, paraphrasing. He 
just loves God's people so much. He is so unconditional and he always has been. The church knows that he's such a good example to them. So many others, I call them beloved, and so many others have picked up on loving with this self-sacrificial love. It only comes from God, but the example of seeing it in someone else's life have has led so many others to, and Philemon is that one who has stepped out with that example of loving when it's an unlovely situation. Paul praises God for his testimony and prays that Philemon will trust God to show that same love whenever he reunites with Onesimus. Because he can choose. He was bound by law. He could take it to justice or he could show him Jesus. Which one is he going to do? Now we'll go down to verse six and we'll see in verse six that a lot of, a lot more is riding on Philippians response, on, on Philemon's response to the personal wronging against him. Verse six says that the communication of thy faith may be effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. That word communication, it is usually used as a financial term in the Bible for the distributing of money. But here it's a distributing of love. That there would be a distributing of love to Onesimus as a result of his faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. If Philemon goes the love route with Onesimus instead of the legal route... It will have a positive effect on on Aphia and Archippus and the rest of the church. If Philemon goes the legal route instead of the love route, it could have a negative revenge seeking effect that there would be a revengeful spirit spread throughout those in the church because such a so because such an example Christian has made that decision. You know, the stronger that one becomes as a Christian, the more others are going to look up to them. So so in saying we become strong as a Christian, we, we really have more responsibility. Because others are going to watch what we do. And others are going to see our example. I, as I just recall something coming to my mind, I, I remember a... A church and and it was said that there was there was pridefulness in the preacher. And you started to notice a church full of prideful people. It just spreads decisions made no matter how big, how small they can be greatly effective. This matter cannot just be about Onesimus. This cannot just be what Philemon wants to do about Onesimus with his personal business, with him keeping his estate. It can't be that. It's not isolated to that. Whatever he does is going to affect his family and the entire church. Philemon now has to broaden his scope on this situation. And decide what kind of energy 
he wants to give off from this. And we're going to go ahead and stop with verse 7. Let's go ahead and read verse 7 and go through this one. It says, For we have great joy and consolation in thy love, because the bowels of the saints are refreshed by, by thee, brother. Paul has been tying everything in with Onesimus so far, but notice that Paul hasn't even mentioned it yet. Notice that as Philemon starts reading this, he doesn't know what the letter is about yet. He doesn't know he has run into his his fugitive servant. Only He's only talking about the Christian character and praising God for the character that he has in his life that gives him such a potential to forgive. He is a forgiver. He, he forgives in the love of God. And in the next few verses, next time we meet, we're going to see that he does bring up Onesimus. He does bring up the fact that he has come across him and uh, but he's not going to bring him up before he closes this build up to it by saying that that Philemon, your help, your assistance and unconditional love to every Christian is shown and it's known and it's grown on us by you always having this love for others. And, and maybe every maybe every time we share this, we should end with. The love that God has for us. The love that He has for us concerning us as sinners. While we were yet sinners. While we were offensive against Him. While all things could be charged against us because we have offended Him. Because of our sin nature. Because of our sin. God gave His precious Son. He died on the cross for all of our sins. And I'm talking about everything. And then there's this one thing sometimes that someone else has done. It could just be one thing. And God would have us to consider the forgiveness that He has given us through His Son. Eternal forgiveness. We have a home in heaven. He has not only forgiven, He has forgotten Evermore. And that moves you and I. If you are a child of God and you know you're going to heaven and you know that you are forgiven, that right there, the Holy Spirit living living inside you, that moves you and that moves me to extend forgiveness to someone else. And remember, that's going to have a great effect on you and me if we hold back forgiveness. That is going to hinder our lives if we do not forgive. We're going to stop right there tonight. We're going to close in a word of prayer. Brock Bullard, would you please close us tonight, sir? Be back in your house, sir, Lord. We pray to Heavenly Father that we just take the lesson that Brother Kenneth has given us, dear Lord, and the just to apply it to our lives, dear Heavenly Father. Help us to love one another and help us to forgive as we should, dear Heavenly Father. We pray, dear Heavenly Father, for all the ones that's on the prayer prayer list, dear Lord, that we just lift them up to you, dear Heavenly Father. We know that you will just 
take care of them, dear Heavenly Father. And we pray that you just take care of us until the next appointed time. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.